Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. It's been a cool seven-ish months since I've last spoken to you on the show. Um, I got in contact with our guest today through the Chicago art scene. And after talking about the show, he later texted me and said, I gotta be on, I wanna be on the show. (laughs) Not those exact words, but that was the energy and I loved it. So today's first guest back after a long hiatus is Sam Dybeck, who is a Chicago-based artist and works in galleries and print media. Um, I'm really excited to relaunch the show with Sam. Um, Today's episode is kind of like a reprimer of the state of the art world in 2023 for practicing artists, but especially young artists who are just getting out after uh, BFA hell, or so it would seem, based on everyone's experience. Um, Really hoping to do this far more often. Definitely not taking any seven-month breaks again. Uh, Thank you all so much for being here. Here's the show. Sam, welcome to the Hello. show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jake. <laughs> of course. Um, thank you for being the first pod guest since literally mid-July of last year. Um, I wish I could say I had some like major business thing come through, you know, that I like started or founded some VC thing and then I sold it. And now mm. I'm just like, now I just get to pod full time for fun. Um, I had no angel investors. But you know what? I just I was I was doing other shit, you know, and um, I just it feels right to come back. And uh, you and I are friends and it felt right to just come through and be like, well, let's be honest. You forced me onto this. You made me do this. Yeah, more or less. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and to just let the people know what happened was we've been talking about doing this for some time, which was all instigated by me because you're brilliant and I've loved every conversation we've gotten to have. And eventually I've teased you enough with it that you just came at me and were like, I want to be on the fucking pod. And I was like, yes, let's go. Yeah, (laughs) let's do it. (laughs) I put you on blast, but also with love because I really appreciated you sending that. So, um, okay. So first I think people should get a background of who you are. Um, So if you want to do like a very light intro and then I'll probably add or ask additional questions about that uh yeah for sure i'm 
an artist and organ arts organizer living in Chicago. Um, I'm from Seattle, Washington originally, and I've lived in Southern California for um, about 10 years before I moved to Chicago in 2020. Gotcha. And you went to school in, like, you went to art school in, in Southern California as well? Yeah, in Fullerton, California, which is North Orange County. Orange County, okay. And so, like, the probably, the, the LA heads will know, I guess. <laughs> the, the LA heads will know, and they'll be like, that's not LA. Yeah. Um, which, it, which it isn't. That's a very fair assessment. Um, but I was living in Long Beach at that time um, and commuting to school. Okay. And then... Because Chicago, despite it being a major city and there being world-class art institutions here, I think that some people would assume that you would just go a little bit more north to LA or go to NYC or Berlin or something. I'm curious yeah. what 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 uh what drove you to to Chicago to the Midwest? You know, it's well the the reason that I went to school where I did is because I went to a community college for the first two years because um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then when I was like, I want a photography degree, I was kind of thinking that I wanted to go to graduate school in the long run. So I was like, I'm just going to get the cheapest photography degree that I can where I don't have to go too far. Um, and when it was time for me to transfer and I had all my credits lined up, there were two schools in Southern California that were state funded that offered a photography BFA. And those were Cal State Long Beach and Cal State Fullerton. And I applied to both of them and got into Fullerton, but my partner got into Cal State Long Beach at that same time. And I was like, I'm not going to live in Fullerton. Um, so we stayed in Long Beach for those years and then moved to Chicago because I wanted to go to grad school here and my partner got into a grad program here. So we took a trip and we were like, this is great because I'd been, we'd been kind of considering a move to New York at, at like up until that point. And then after visiting here, we're like, this is, this is it. Let's do it. And, and I'm curious for yourself, for your interest, because for interesting, your partner is not an artist or is not necessarily interested in the same artistic pursuits that you are necessarily. I'm sure, curious yeah. as what you needed out of a city, what is it about Chicago that like sort of sold it to you? And I think this is going to be like a good groundwork of like good faith argument of of where you are at right now with the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think the major things that were appealing about Chicago is that it was it was cheap had the same sort of vibe as New York or I felt like I could get the kind of things kind of like the atmospheric qualities that I wanted from living in a city living in Chicago um and this this it seemed like um uh, the overall speed of the city was like a bit more up my alley than than New York um, or LA at that time. But yeah, I, th I think that was like the, the initial thing was like this, it, it appeared to be like a cheaper New York city. And then after visiting um, 
it just it felt it felt like a good place to be totally because i was i'm curious too like i mean i'm from st louis and anyone who's listened to the show would know this ad nauseum and chicago's always been sort of like you know the metropolis of the midwest so for people from or around the midwest like it's very clear like oh chicago just is like i can see my parents also i can you know have a yeah yeah you know (laughs) world-class artistic experience and actually do something in in a city theoretically yeah and i think i think the other thing too is that it uh it had a really exciting arts community like I, i feel like chicago more than other cities has um just like very um interesting and unconventional traditions around the way that things operate here and that was that was exciting but um to your point i do i do uh see that that that's definitely a thing the chicago being the midwest epicenter because um i feel like i can tell when someone is like like moved to Chicago after like being in a state school in the Midwest for the past four years. Mm-hmm. And that's like, a, that's like definitely a, like an archetype of Chicago person that I feel like I, I see frequently. Well, yeah. Cause we, I mean, Chicago still has the, like, most people are not from here just like New York or LA, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's just, you're from like Nebraska or like, Iowa or downstate Illinois, which I yes, mean, yeah, it could easily be said about any place. Um, and I do want to mention this podcast is brought to you by the Artist Tourism Board of Chicago. And um, if you use checkout code Dybeck20 at, at checkout, <laughs> you, you, you sound so convincing. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, for anyone just absolutely falling asleep, I got to get us out of this one. But um, well, I just I, I find that really intriguing because I am I'm desperately perhaps chugly obsessed with people <laughs> like liking the midwest like that that is a monkey on my back well, of like you know, the midwest is kind of slept on i think that growing up in california there is this like sentiment that there is nowhere other that like there's no other place that's conceivable to live in yeah other than california um and so when i the more time I've spent in the Midwest, I'm like, I think more people from California should visit here. Um, and I was talking also to um, Kevin Umania, who's an artist who lives in um, in Kansas City. And uh, he was kind of saying the same thing. Like he's he's from Los Angeles and he lived in like all like the, the big three coastal city, like, you know, like L.A., San Francisco, New York and moved to San- and moved to um, Kansas City. And he's like it's great here. Like, I love it. <laughs> Can actually afford things. I mean, we don't have, you know, Irwan or something, but you know, Whole Foods does just fine. Right. I mean, that's an every yeah, and city. Like, and like, <laughs> those are, those are distant enough to feel like they're some sort of like specialty oasis, you know? Right. Well, and then, you know, and what I think to the greater point is of, of all this is that we're spending all of our lives on the internet anyway, which I think is one of the biggest reasons you and I have, gotten along and have really connected in the first place is because of our mutual interests have nothing to do with necessarily like as as the kids would say de-virtualized world of the you know the very Mm -hmm. real worlds of like new york or la like we don't actually need or care about any of that shit as long as we have internet access with that it's Um, true and i i mean what i guess to me to say is like you and i bonded over essentially like 
you know, the secret code of, do you know what NymphEd alumni is? Do you, <laughs> right, do you, right. do you know yeah. what this X podcast or references and that really being more of the, you know, sort of uh, a cultural passport, if you will, to, yes, to yeah. connection. And, um, but I, I do still think that there is a limit to our physical manifestations in real life or IRL, despite our URL yeah. lifestyles. So that there is sort of um, uh, a distance between our lived existence and our, uh, you know, and our digital uh, one. And I'm curious if you feel like that stratification very much in Chicago. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that I think about a lot because I feel like even within like the digital sphere, like I was I was listening to the, the episode that you did with Brandon and Rachel, and they they both kept saying like every day Instagram gets worse. Yes. Like every day <laughs> it's worse. Like this thing is just eroding beneath us and no one seems to care. Um, right. And I think for that reason, like I'm really excited by like when I find like a good like podcast about cultural criticism or like a sub stack or, you know, th things like that, that are, um, I, I feel, I feel super tapped into like what's going on in America. Um, or like all alt America, you know, like the greater, greater alt America, right. I suppose. It's like kind of like a way I like to describe that. Um, but without actually having to be like in in the zone, you know? And I feel like when when I end up like talking to people at like like openings or like events or things like that, like I'm sure none of them know like any of that. Or like a very small percentage of them probably like has that overlap. So I guess that's maybe like kind of like a supporting your point of of not not needing like a like geographical specificity to to be you know tapped in or up to date well definitely and i think that you know humans have a longing to have a physical communal space that is going to satiate what they need out of culture and that even though we are able to access people that give us sort of like the next good hit of culture or yeah. commentary uh, through our parasocial experiences of podcasts that we love that like at the end of the day, if there is not a physical manifestation of the things we care about or that we want to critique or get into, like that does eat you up at some point. And it, yeah. I think it, it kind well, of, yeah. Yes. And, and I think that sometimes it can have the inverse effect too, where like, this is, this is actually great timing when I, um, I went to a haunted mound concert. Oh yes, last I was going to ask for a scene report actually, but yeah, and, go ahead. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Well, I I guess this this will definitely be pretty indicative of it. But I was telling Alex before I left, I was like, she's like, you don't seem like that excited for this or something. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, it might just suck. Like like it's so online, and like everything about this like subgenre exists online that seeing it in person might just kind of suck. Right. You know, that's really crazy to think about when I went the the performance was good. It was exciting. It was, you know, X, Y and Z. But um, the thing that I noticed was that every single person there was like, I would say like the median age was probably like 18. And um, they all had like the costume on, you know, like they all had the like the new rocks shoes and like the true religion jeans and like a haunted mound t-shirt and like a mullet or a wolf cut or like 
straight bangs or like you know something like that and I'm like do you guys dress like this every day and then I was just thinking I was like this is probably like I think I had this realization after I was I was I was leaving by the merch table there were these two teenagers behind me having this very like loud and performative conversation about how they were I mean like the the point of what they're talking about is that they had a six hour drive ahead of them mm-hmm. And this is like, this was like 11 at night. And I was like, oh, like you guys drove six hours. Like you spent 12 hours in the car to see the show. Like these people are so um, excited to be in the presence of other, other fans of this very niche thing, because like the only way they're going to interact with them otherwise is online. Totally. And, well, it- and seeing that in person is, is weird. It's like, it's like the whole like devirtualized kind of kind of like phenomenon you're talking about well completely and i i think like just you know that despite our incredibly online and, and increasingly online lives even every second i mean like i sometimes feel like i use my phone as if i you know have like a drug habit and i'm just like yeah I'm literally, you know, totally like i'm literally <laughs> yeah. just like strung out all day looking at my phone switching from app to app and yet like if i hear someone talk about even like God, I hate to say, it, but like Red Scare or something at a public thing, it's like seeing someone with a band tee in the eighties. We're like, "Yo, you like the yeah, cure?" Yeah, right. You know, yeah. and in some way, that's really exciting. Um, but at the same time, it's like, didn't we solve this with the internet? But there is still just such limits to our physical experience at some point that, like, which I, yeah. I say with a smile, like it's like kind of cool that there's still those limits that it can be secrets in broad daylight, sort of. No, I, I, I totally agree. I, th- I think the thing that complicates it is that um, the, the frequency of the IRL correspondence is, right. you know, is, is the thing that, that uh, sort of, sort of jumbles up that conversation, yeah. I guess, I don't, you know, like that, that exchange. Yeah. Well, and it's I'm... like, it's like, it's like, you're being like, like desocialized by like <laughs> engaging with the thing and then and then when you actually socialize with the other desocialized person that that has like signaled it to you it it can be weird you know totally and i'll just i'll go ahead and out myself on this because i'm i'm going to make like a weird like babe ruth point at the stands and being like <laughs> maybe this will happen in real life because i said it now um over the weekend, I went to the Aria Dean talk uh, for the Renaissance Society. Mm-hmm. And one of the artists she worked with to make this piece or to, to uh, like I guess, fabricate it, it's a digital video piece, um, is this artist, Philip Caustic, who Brandon and Rachel, who I've had on the show, mm. who you listened to, you just mentioned, um, they produced his new book called Personal Computers. And it's this big collection of like, basically like fast and furious t- uh, computer Whoa. setups for like gamer okay. rigs and shit. And it's like battle stations. It's crazy. And he was at the show and or at the talk rather at the show. And I saw him, I was like, okay, sick. And I spent most of the time listening to that talk going like, okay, how am I going to go over to Philip and be like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be like, cause yeah, I know yeah. who this guy is. I've seen him in a thousand memes. Like he's in the do not research discord. Like other people like talk about this guy. I know this person, friends of mine, Brandon and Rachel produced his book. I should just go up to him and talk to him. Yeah, I was yeah. so, and again, I'm, I'm putting myself on blast here. So 
Philip, if you do ever listen to this, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> this is nothing to do with you. This is all me. I literally convinced myself. I was like, well, it's weird that I'm just going to go up and basically mention that I know these things because like, we have no other context other than just saying like, oh, these are my friends. You, you put a book out with my friends. Okay. And I, but because I was like, actually, it would make more sense for me to message him later to go, hey, I was at this thing, literally like a creepy, like, I saw you at the party, but I was too nervous to say something. (laughs) But like, I did genuinely convince myself and I still somewhat agree with myself of being like, yeah, actually would make more sense because he could see my Instagram account and see our mutuals. He could understand who I am, that I have this show and being like, I can actually approach it, not in real time being like, hey, this thing just ended. Do you want to be on my podcast sometime? Like no context, you know? And so again, I'm putting myself on blast just to being like, that is a very real example of somewhere mm-hmm. like, I should have just said hi to a person. That's stupid, you know, but sure. I, I pro and con because of our de-virtualized lives, I was, I was able to sort of remedy myself out of just making a basic human connection. Well, I think that there's a whole nother, um, <laughs> I think there's a whole nother I clearly have issues. I know I have issues. It's okay, <laughs> Sam, you don't have to say it. I'll say it for myself. It's fine. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I think with the, uh, there's, there's like this like layer of professionalism, yes, that, um, is like this like tightrope act, when, you meet people, um. I think particularly in that setting where it's like, an an like what I like to call like an extracurricular event, you know, sure, um, yeah, like there's it not was an institution on the school campus too, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so it's not like an institution's forcing uh, either of you to be there, but, um. It's kind of like you were saying, like, oh, I should I should message him later so that he can see the the overlap in the followers. Like, it's kind of like it's kind of like giving him your resume. Right. Literally. Like, yes. like <laughs> you know, like, like socially giving someone your resume just so that they can know, like, oh, OK, like Brandon and Rachel can vouch for Jake. Yeah. And, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I had a, I had them on the pod. I mean, I had Jack Ricker on the pod. I mean, he probably knows the, you know, Sean, uh, who was mm-hmm. on the show as well, you know, but it's just like. Why does that, that's not embarrassing at all on IG. It's super embarrassing in person. And it's like, but then at the same time, like I would see people at the Haunted Mound show and being like, these guys are literally LARPing at this thing. Like (laughs) what the fucking, like, I remember when Von Dutch came out the first time, you know, whatever the fuck. But yet they fucking did it, dude. Like they showed up, they, they put on, they sweat, they drove six plus hours from whatever town in Iowa they're from. Like, yeah, I'm the one who's a little wiener baby, not them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, their dedication to that is really cool. And I mean, I think too, within that, like, you know, I, I think, you know, we were talking about Chicago and the Midwest and these things of, for, for artists specifically, it's like, and I, I'm, I'm outlining this because we're going to get real deep into so many different things. And I just feel like it's good to show the literal like groundwork of like this, of where we live and where you and I have kind of both decided to like set up camp with this is like, I have felt and I've talked to people of a variety of I would say success within their own art practice or mm-hmm. within realms of uh, professional art careerist, you know, things that they do. And pretty much all of them have agreed when I brought up the statement was like, Chicago is a town where you can really make it, but you can also make mistakes. You can like kind of mm-hmm. like try something or maybe one show doesn't pop off. It's not the end of your goddamn life. Like you can like sure. sort of figure it out, but then also like, there is enough pedigree and if you stick to that like really real stuff can seem to happen 
maybe giant asterisks or so it seems. But I'm curious if you just before we continue, if that seems to mm -hmm. be something you would agree with as well. Um, to like your first point, like the the idea where like you you can make mistakes, but ball, you know, like whatever you had said. Um, I I would agree with that because I feel I feel like it aligns with kind of like the sentiment of Chicago feeling like it it's like it's like a big city, but it's a small town kind of thing where I feel like a lot of people know each other and for that reason like it's it's very community oriented like yes. I, I feel like the if if i need help with something i can put out like a story or text a handful of people and like there's like some assistance that i can get with it i could also see how it would be like kind of difficult if um you fucked up a bunch and <laughs> and like all of the all of all of those people um didn't want anything to do with you. <laughs> well, and I mean, I guess that's true to some degree, period. Like, I mean, I I, I think that, you know, it's sure. a, you can fuck up to a point. And, you know, again, we could talk all night about like what that means or what is deemed a sure. quote unquote fuck up. And and I, I don't mean to get us so in the woods about that, but um I think that more so that is just like there, there isn't this sort of like clout demonry that exists in new york city and la <laughs> sure so that you can actually meet somewhat real people and cultivate community i think community is absolutely the thing yeah that we can actually have it in earnest maybe even like you know again chugly so that it's like <laughs> it's like no like if you know mdw the they're the midway yeah. art art uh expo that you actually you had work in like going to that was like this is real like whether or not people think mm -hmm. it's a success, whatever that means, or I mean, it's a success in that aid exists. It was at a very cool venue. There were, a, it was like what, four or five floors worth of, you know, art of a variety mm -hmm. of different backgrounds. It wasn't just like small galleries. It was also like print groups and, you know, like independent, you know, people and like, but then you can also go to Expo obviously. And there's like the real like blue chip or attempt at blue chip people. And there's sure. like stuff that's really trying to happen um and both i like how can it how is it possible to feel like community at expo but yet i did when i went that seems <laughs> yeah, so psycho yeah. to me <laughs> but i i genuinely mean I, that i i agree with you um i don't i guess i don't really have a, a a hypothesis for that but okay but i i i will agree that it's like like you've diagnosed it correctly okay you know? like like there is like a strange sense of community. I, I think also because um, Chicago is one of those cities where I, I feel like it's very like abused in a way because yes. a lot of people like, you know, like the Art Institute of Chicago is such a massive like monolith in the city. Like it's it's like the, the big art institution. So it attracts a lot of people like who want to go to school there. And I feel like there's kind of like this whole pipeline of like people that come to school here and like, they're like, this place is sick. And then they move to like Logan Square and then they're like, the city sucks. I'm going to New York in two years, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so I feel like the, a, a lot of the times, like I think about like organizers or artists that like got their start in Chicago, like, like 10 or 12 years ago. And like, they're still here, you know? And like, that's super exciting because like, they just like 
they fuck with the city a lot, you know, and, and they they want to like plant roots here. Um, so I think maybe that's a reason too, but like people get really psyched on on that, like when when people like the city and they stay here. Totally. And I, I promise this is like the last little chunk of it. We'll move on from our, you know, Midwest pride, um, <laughs> you know, go chiefs. Um, but anyway, um, that I feel like, you know, one, perhaps a bad faith concept of this is like, oh, we feel community because it's like, there's not giant market claim to <laughs> yeah, try to yeah. fight over either that there isn't yeah. like, you know, we're not all trying to get Zwerner represented because there is no Zwerner, either right, a literal David right. Zwerner gallery here, but also it's like, what is the Zwerner equivalent in Chicago? And mm-hmm. is that even the goal? Is that not what Chicago is? Is Chicago not a blue chip town to try to get the blue chip status to be here? Or, it, or you know, or there's like other ways to look at it, but it's just more like maybe that that meal prize doesn't actually exist here within its own ecosystem yeah i mean perhaps i i think that like there's like there's definitely a a, a smaller amount of of gallery like more like commercial galleries of that tier that like like formally represent artists in yes, chicago absolutely. um and i i think that's I, I don't think that's like a controversial take necessarily like i think that's just like yeah like we don't have a zwerner we don't have like the guggenheim we don't have like or like there's you know it's it's a smaller city in comparison to los angeles or new york right um and so i think i don't know maybe like that that affects like the motives of of artists or of organizers in the city well because that's that's what's curious like uh i I felt it a good omen this morning for our recording that joshua citarella and caroline busta put out their conversation about you know, linear media and about the art world in general and any conversation they have. I mean, it's just God tier. Yeah, I, I need to check that out still. I it's, I mean, everything they do uh, and anytime there's like an internal conversation within their, their group, which I think as an umbrella is called channel with Josh, new models and then interdependence. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anytime it's any combination of them, they just like have the conversations that I, I don't here anywhere else and i'll be honest i'm just attempting to do a midwestern larp of what they're talking about and (laughs) but but moreover it's like i want to i want to add to the narrative because you know they're still very much in like you know new york la Mm -hmm. uh and and berlin in their case um and i i I do think there's this amazing pocket that's opened here in chicago as like what could be the you know the sort of secret third thing the secret third way of like secret third thing as you know because that's what we're obsessed with is that like Mm -hmm. we have the infrastructure you know we have crops we have a giant lake you know if you want to think about like global doomerism like yeah no totally affordable living doomsday yeah (laughs) right it's it's doomsday you know and this i truly will need a separate podcast to talk about that at, at great length but you know like and you know we do have like document which has incredible artists that are like, you know, extremely at, at, at every single yeah. art fair on earth that are widely collected. You know, Rona Hoffman's been doing it since forever. You know, there's uh gray, uh, I'm kind of speaking out of my ass here. I don't know every, you know, blue chip adjacent thing, but I just, you know, those even anecdotally, you know, I'm from St. Louis. There's nothing like that mm-hmm. there, anything like that. So yeah. even just getting here and seeing that in this town is extremely exciting. And, you know, local artists in Chicago, well, people that live here and practice and then have shows at like Arona Hoffman mm-hmm. or something like that. Like 
they can kind of realize that that is a limit they've hit in their career and then be like, I do need to move to New York or I need to start showing in New York more because right. I've or, hit or the they peak. Have to, yeah. Or they have to totally like change it up. Like I, I think like someone who I think about, cause I, I, I do agree like that, that phenomenon kind of like can exist um, where like the artist has like outgrown the, the venues in their city. Like, um, but I think I think a good example of like someone who hasn't done that is like Fiesta Gates. Mm. You know, he at like he I feel like he's like a big enough artist to like kind of do whatever he wants. And right. and he he has like opened up so many cool venues in the city and like began so many projects like Stony Island Arts Bank, like totally. um and I, I guess like he's he's kind of like one of the people I think of who like you know like he he stuck around because he liked the city so much you know yeah like even though like he he could he do whatever he wants you know like and and those are the people like the real ones you know i've i've talked about with you like Catherine bernhardt in st louis like you know she's literally with david's warner last i checked maybe pace now um is widely collected like i think bad bunny owns her artwork or she's like friends with him or something and she's like (laughs) buying property in st louis and like revitalizing like the super sick house and just like clearly is based in st louis but then like Mm -hmm. just travels the planet and that to me is like where the thing i want to get to the part of this conversation where like you know because of the fact that we're online because of the fact that like frankly at some point because of that and I know there's been someone listening to this so far that's just like, it doesn't fucking matter where you live. <laughs> you're a practicing artist and you have an internet connection. It's yeah. fine. And yes, that person, you're a hundred percent right. And what I truly want to get to is that like, Fiesta Gates is chilling here because he can, it is yeah. not, it does not force him to be here for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, that to me is what I think is the, the hope anyway. And again, as a stone cold born and raised, you know, I'm from Columbia, Missouri, from where I mm-hmm. entered the earth first, it's like I am Midwest through and through. And like, I want people to stay. So the Gate staying isn't just like cool. It's like truly investing in just not coastal, like, you know, sort of bastions yeah. of culture. No, totally. It's, it's psycho to think that we'd only have two or three or four cities in the size of America that it is that would meet that mark yeah um but yes yeah, so i'm <laughs> i promise i'm not just ranting at you but <laughs> you're very sweet to listen it's been i'm, I'm a little rusty sam thank you i, I we'll, we'll get with this so okay so now because you are a multifaceted person uh i'm curious though great we've established what chicago is we've established where things are whatever what are you seeing in your okay let's back up again you're you're a practicing artist you Mm -hmm. have your own work you have your own studio practice and then you also work at a gallery you are the assistant director at level three in wicker park and not only through that do you like wear many hats but one thing that i think is particularly cool and i'd never see other galleries do is you run their uh your guys is it weekly interview uh online interview uh We, we try to do two yeah two a week I mean, that's a crazy mark to hit. Like, that's a lot of work, I imagine, right? Yeah, it is. I, I have I have a couple other people, uh, Ben and Milo, that that I work on that with. They they actually do at, at this point. They they do most of the uh, the publication stuff. But yeah, yeah, that's something that we that I, level three is done since like their 
inception, you know? Totally. And I'm curious. So like, I mean, you've had some unbelievable people uh, on there. Um, I think Tao Lin, like, like uh, you've had Brendan and Rachel, which we'll give them Mm -hmm. a shout out. Um, And what are two people that I don't think have come out yet that you told me about, but I'll keep hush. I'll tell everyone to keep, keep an eye out for Keep an eye out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Follow us. (laughs) I mean, we'll make sure to, you know, drop the links later, but I'm, I'm curious, like wearing so many hats, as well as being a practicing artist, like how has that sort of creative ecosystem within your own life, both been positive, negative, any, anything that's sort of, you know, kind of feeding back into itself in, in good and bad ways. Um, That's a good question. I feel like it's, it's, it's a net positive. I think, yes. Just to be, um, I don't know. I'm I'm in my in my mid twenties and I'm doing a million things. And I guess um I think I think part of that comes with the acceptance that like I, I need to do stuff outside of a nine to five that is satisfying. Yeah. Um, or that maybe I haven't I haven't been granted like a full time employment that that checks all the boxes for my like you know spiritual satisfaction um where i feel like i feel like that's a very like um kind of like standard american kind of thing where you're supposed to go study something that you're interested in so that you can get a job that you like that's lucrative to support yourself with um but i think a lot of that has been like you know coming to terms with like I got to just do a million things right now because um, it's only so fun to make booklets all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only so much folding these hands can do. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> um, well, because I mean, and so then at, and just to be like, very clear, so at level three, you as assistant director, like what, what are your like jobs you tend to do? And then you also have a nine to five, which is not level three as well. And then you have an art practice, but speaking to level yeah. three, like what, what hats do you wear there? Um, I do most like basically all of the exhibition planning mm-hmm. um, and like the programming and all the correspondence with the artists and um, kind of, you know, overseeing all of the hands-on stuff, all the installations, upkeep, um, research, um, publications, interviewing those artists that that are that are in the publication um i think i think that's it yeah and well and and the reason why i truly ask that is just because it's like i really want people to understand like how many things you truly have going and why i've like found it extremely (laughs) impressive to talk to you about any of the stuff because i just feel like you're never not and like you still have time to have like a normal life, but also go to gallery openings and go kind to haunted of, yeah. mound concerts <laughs> and stuff, you know, like um, I, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm, I'm curious too is like within your personal practice, like, does this all kind of feed back into itself or have you found oh, yourself yeah. at this moment, like a, a, ever kind of reach, ex, you know, ex, ex, points where you're like, I'm, I'm going too far. I've done too many things. Oh yeah. Like okay. anytime we have a, <laughs> like an installation week it it always somehow aligns itself with like 
a week where I have a ton of like social obligations or like things I've committed to months ago or something. Um, so I don't know. I feel like most weeks I just have like back-to-back commitments, like every day, it seems like. Um, but I think I talked about this a little bit in an interview that I did with Chris Kotham, where like he was interviewing artists about work or like about working and like, I was like expressing some like disdain to one of my coworkers one time. This was at like an old job um, about like being envious of like my peers that were like successful enough to not have to work a nine to five and just like hang out in the studio all day. And she was like, what, what are you going to make work about? <laughs> like what are you just going to make work <laughs> about like sitting in the studio and going to openings? And I was like, uh yeah I guess like (laughs) but then I don't know and then like I just kind of scoffed at it I think when she had said it but then like I I kind of came around to that like it's um it 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 is kind of like enriching to to like occupy my time in this way and it's like everything is like I I think about like uh like Miranda July and like her work and like every everything that she does is like like she's like plucking things out of just like her like daily routine or like her experience just like day to day and like putting them into the movies you know like right parenthood like on, <laughs> like you know it's like it's like she's like making really really poignant things about um like experiences that like massive amounts of the population also experience but yes. uh, seemingly without like straining to like make things work you know it seems so i guess there's like a serendipitous kind of like air to that absolutely well and I, th- I think it's like when you are on your train ride to your nine to five and and just to be super clear level three is not your nine to five so you have a nine to yeah. five and you work at level three and you have social engagements and you have your own personal practice so so make sure everyone knows this is that like in my nine to five which is not at a gallery by any sense any sense uh it it it's when i am having to do that stuff and i'm like oh i don't want to be here today whatever mm-hmm. that's exactly when i see something just stupid or amazing oh, or yeah. insane on the street and it just gives me that like you know speed jump or like three mushrooms and mario kart like yeah. oh shit and i gotta take a picture and it just like you know my girlfriend and i we talk about this phrase of like something about ism where it's like it's just Mm. enough to have like there's something about this and that's enough and i'm just going to document it and i'll return to it later yeah and so you know i i see something about all the time but it's because i'm like i have to get back to work or i have to go to the grocery store after leaving my partner's apartment to go home to then log back in because i'm doing work from home today or something yes um so sometimes i guess like my um my analogy to that would be when I'm at work, sometimes I get, I, I work in print production for people who don't know, but like sometimes I'll have a task that like requires a lot of like repetitive, like treatments done by hand. So a lot like, of folding of paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of like folding. Or, like, More folding. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, all right, there's all these sheets. Like you need to run them through this like booklet maker. And like, those are the kind of things where I'm like, okay, like I'm just going to spend the next hour and a half with like, my headphones in and uh it's i guess kind of like uh like cathartic in a way because it just gives me a lot of time to think 
totally because like that's whenever i have like downtime at work I, like sometimes i get like pissed and i'm like uh, like what just send me home like what like why <laughs> why am i here like <laughs> right there's like 20 other things i want to be doing um, sure and it's good to have that, so, that yeah. young angst, you know, that yearning, you know, it's good to yearn, I think. Um, but I also think like you're saying, like having the mindless task to have the podcast and to have the thing into where you're just yeah. like, I'm busy, I'm simulated, but I'm also like nourishing myself through these, you know, Bluetooth headphones. Mm-hmm. Little does anyone know. Yes. Yeah. No, totally. And um, I think that like, um, it is, it is like overall nice to like have a job that's like not related to art because I feel like I would kind of hate it after a while um or it would would make me hate art um and I don't know I think that artists also have like a way of deluding themselves into thinking that it's beneficial to be in precarious financial situations or like yeah like be a bartender till you're 40 so that you can like <laughs> like work more in the studio every day it's like okay cool like and i have that thought sometimes it's kind of similar to this where i'm like oh like i i can't do all this stuff i wish i had a car or something i'm like i'm wishing that i had a car to like make my life more chaotic or like you know like yeah i can't make it to all all these things but if i had a car then i could i'm like why am i trying to like put that on myself (laughs) um well and having a car in this town does rock in so many ways but in oh my god ways, do they right right they just yeah. <laughs> make it so fucking hard at every possible beat um well and that's that is something that you and i've talked about over you know drinks at our local spot that like you know and and this is kind of like the biggest thing i think you and i have, have wanted to discuss sure. is that like the working artist and what it is that they experience just depending on what their goals are and what their surroundings are but also like, who did they go to school with? Did they even go to school? Like all of this like stratification or or sort of like social uh, soup that you stew in kind of creates yeah. these narratives of what it is you think you have to do or not. And um, I'm I'm you know I I I think like you know okay I'll give an example. I have my friend Rick Bowling who I've done shows with uh we used to have our show called art brunch on twitch for a year plus and it was incredible and he's now living in los angeles uh from st louis and he is out there hustling he's out there trying to sell work and that is something that i genuinely don't hear about in chicago Mm -hmm. i think and maybe it's because i'm not talking to enough practicing artists but i i i don't know if the goal in chicago is to sell work or if that, like, like I'm again, I'm going to say it again, everybody drink. Brandon and Rachel, they're like, we just want to go bring our art books to yeah, yeah. our shows and show them. We don't, we don't fuck right. the gallery system. Yeah. Um, but yet, you know, finding new maneuvers through those systems is what I think is sort of like what we're attempting to find. Or, and so let me just broaden this really. I'm just, I'm curious, like, do you think that being a practicing artist requires you to need to be like selling in the like truest capital P a of practicing artists? Um, or, or is this just like, there's clearly levels to, to all of the above. I think there's definitely levels to that. Um, I think that like something that we've talked about a lot is like the like satisfaction 
one gets from making. And yes. I had this sort of epiphany the last time that I visited my parents where like I had I sort of thought like my parents are like cool. My parents are satisfied with working their day jobs and doing their hobbies when they have free time, like and hanging out with their family and stuff. Um, and I think that it just come uh, as a shock to me or like had, had shocked me that I needed to hang out with them at the age that I am now to realize that. And I think that this is maybe a symptom of going to art school. And as soon as you exit, there's this pressure to, you know, capitalize on the past four years and X amount of money that you spent. And I think that that sort of manifests in this way where it's like, everyone is like, look at me, look at me. Like I'm doing, I'm doing something significant. Like give me recognition. Like what I'm doing has like cultural value. Um, and I think it, it made me realize like, I'm like, oh, I don't have to do any of that. Like, I don't really have to comply with any of these things. And I can just remain satisfied by making this work and showing it when people want to show it. Um, and if I have to do that for the rest of my life, then that's not the worst thing in the world. Because, like, that's what my parents do. And despite me being trained to think that that's, like, failing, um, it's it's quite the opposite <laughs> well I, and i'm because that is something i very much agree with you about i mean it's something that like yes like you know if you are a practicing artist who does work that people appreciate and you are doing one or two shows a year or something like that like i think you kind of naturally do build with that like there is sort yeah. of like a point where you hit a like i i i I mean, I guess I don't necessarily have examples of that, but I just, I would think just by sheer numbers, like if you have a CV that is consistently, you know, making shows, you mm -hmm. are going to become a quote unquote successful by even several different definitions of the word. And I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is like, I think something you and I talked about most is like, uh, I don't think it's clear what we, what people want from yeah. art or out of an art career because right let's be very clear like we are talking about people that went to art school for a bfa came out of that institution with all of the training and you know redacted brainwashing what you know whatever it may yeah, be yeah. that they may say of like what you're supposed to do with like a art degree and then you're coming out the gate like you're saying like looking for shows looking this look at me look at me look at me even so though it's still not clear to me when I see those artists and their CVs or their Instagrams or their whatever, if that's actually their goal. I don't know what their goal is. The average artist, I don't know what their goal is. And I'm curious what you think the like contemporary goals are of new graduates. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, I, I think that's like a really complicated thing because it's it's kind of like like everything else. It's virtualized, you know? So like a lot of the time the 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 digital footprint of the artist is is so important like now more than ever um and i think that's just like a hard thing to make sense of because uh, a lot of like a lot of the things like guiding my work or just generally my 
sensibilities towards like theory and writing and art or just because of my disillusionment with my like photographic education you know like I I remember thinking like I, I had to take this like photo theory class like at the last semester of my undergrad and I remember like thinking I was like this is very you know like Barth's and like I think we read like you know like simulation simulacra like like that stuff um but I was like this is not how people interact with images anymore you know like this like I open this brick in my pocket and I can see 5,000 images in 24 hours and like yeah like I'm consuming photographs in a way that like this institution cannot keep up with whatsoever and right so it's like it, it would just like it made me very very frustrated and like misguided as well because I was like I like my the people I'm supposed to look up to and my my mentors like can't really help me with this well and I think that's particularly frustrating too because they're living beings there are things there are people right. that are living right now in this time living breathing the same air as you yet you are on another planet mm -hmm. for free you know like you get online yeah. on Instagram I mean your 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 data is being sold obviously but like sure, sure. you know or or something <laughs> or you're paying for the Twitter blue check for whatever god awful reason but like you to you know your senior professors not be with it your books are not with it like I'll be honest like I was at a bookstore last weekend and I found this amazing book called like ideologies or no like identity and the moving image and I was like, oh, this looks sick. And I looked into it. It was like, it was from 1985. And I'm like, right. This might be anecdotally cool, but like the yeah. best anecdote I can get from this is like, look, it's still true. And it's like, yeah. Okay. But like, I'm now imagine that feeling in real time at a school you're paying for. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I think you're saying. Right. I mean, yes. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. No, that's, that's totally what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, and but, then I uh, think, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you're, go ahead. Well, I think what, beyond that, like the, 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 the fire under that is what makes that painful is the expense of the school. Obviously, right. this is obvious, but I think within that, it's like, you know, it, experiencing these things at the expense of for which I will be having to be paid this back. But God darn it, that SAICF, you know, BFA really do be spitting sure. when yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. really theoretically yeah. do be and like <laughs> a, a little swipe card into certain institutions. No, you for know. sure. Yeah. Like, I, I think this is also like, you know, this is something we've been calling like class dysphoria, um, but just like the the complexity of going going to an institution and leaving the institution to work a service job um despite the uh you know your family history blah 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 like um whatever pedigree you had coming into the school um but yeah like oh what why am i working the same style of of job that i was working in high school despite going to an institution because this is the this is all that I was there was basically like college propaganda in high school like if you yeah. if you don't go to college you might as well just like be a criminal or like you know <laughs> go like, straight to jail yes yeah yeah straight open the to door. Jail. exactly yeah. <laughs> um and then that sort of like combination with um not 
like like belonging to a different class than the people who raised you right um and and the complications that come with that totally i mean and yeah like i think it's it's interesting how well first of all i knew we were going to figure out how to get to the key phrase here and mm-hmm. i i noticed that you're saying dysphoria so there is class dysphoria and i think right. when we had talked about it the very first time i think we'd said class dysmorphia dysmorphia yeah yeah you know i think i think either of those words might might describe this and and but but, but genuinely but dysmorphia i think is is actually what what we had what we had called it well and i say that not to put you on blast i no, you know no, no, i put it in writing please <laughs> i see it as to say that like they're actually it's incredible that you said that because like it is kind of two separate things like there is just like the general generalized like angst of like oh i don't know where i am or what i what i what i think i should be and then there's like the dysmorphia versus dysphoria of like I'm I I should be something else. I am something else. I I my experience yeah, does right. not match my previous, you know, I I was assigned poor at birth, but now right. I'm I'm not trying to make light of this whatsoever, but <laughs> no, no, it does but true. it does genuinely like match one to one to folks who are experiencing, you know, this in in gender spaces and I I think that like what is a gender space? That doesn't make sense. People are experiencing this with their gender. There's what that means. I've, I've been very hard on myself yeah. about using the word spaces because it means it's like a nothing burger. It term. means like a thousand things. But yeah. It's also and like, so it's like, it's like a little dog whistle. that says you went to college. Yes. You know? And I, I did get a I got a bad a, a bachelor of science, actually, in communications with an emphasis in media studies, which is from a, you know, parking lot uh, uh, state college in St. Louis. And I also went to uh, community college. Big shout out. Love community college. I, I meant to say that. I earlier. do too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. We're getting a thousand things. But what I'm saying is like, so for myself, I went to what I love to jokingly nowadays say, I went to like NPR high in St. Louis, uh, Clayton, Missouri, Clayton high school. And it was very progressive and, you know, finding an Obama sign in the front yard is very typical or whatever of that time. Sure, yeah. And all of my friends were rich, all of them. And yeah. I was the poor kid. I mean, you know, there's levels to, okay, how poor were you? It's like, you know, there was a Christmas with an iPod, but then also like, you know, did I have like college money to go to college with? And it's like, absolutely not. I did not. I had, yeah. I've had to pay for everything. And going from that and continuing to frankly have predominantly rich friends since that time, mm-hmm. but then maintaining myself being kind of the poor friend has continued well into now I'm 31 years old as of yesterday. Um, like I, I, I'm, I'm finding myself, especially too, with then entering the art context of like, there is this potential or or this place you could enter where, you know, no other art form could you sell a one item for thousands of dollars. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was previously more a musician and there's no gig like that in, in no, music no. at all. You know, like that, that mountain is Sisyphusian, you know, but with art, it seems like there is sort of like the like, everyone shut up. If you, everyone just plays it cool, we can all get rich, you know? And I yeah. just... I just don't know if that's true anymore. Well, it's kind of like the thing. I, I feel like I say this analogy a lot, um, but like it, it's kind of like like no one really thinks of themselves as like lower or middle class. They just think of themselves as like temporarily poor millionaires. Like yes. everyone's just kind of waiting for the big break. And I kind of think that's like another delusion that that artists are very susceptible to. 
Right. A hundred percent. No, I just wait till my solo. No, I just wait. Till, you know, like just wait for my like that kid Luke Blowbad. So like, just wait for my project to drop. Just wait yeah. for my project to like, and like that's like such a real thing, you know, like like this the like no no shade to anyone, but like the the stress or like the um the like I don't, like what what's at stake uh culturally or professionally in in situations like that is is I think a thing that a lot of people feel is a very real and pressing thing. Incredibly. And and I think that's like why we're talking about class is so important because I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I will go ahead on record and say I'm a class essentialist to, to my core that it just feels like what, what, what is really going to matter at the end of the day is how much is in your goddamn bank account. And when you have, you know, let's say a mountain of debt or not, whatever that may mean, like, if you're coming out with your art projects, like, or your art practice that it, it's, it's the, the, the places you were from and the people you're amongst that are going to buy your first works and are going to get you in front of, yeah, whoever, yeah. you know, and I, I think that, you know, there's always, you know, people outside of that and, and, and too, but I also feel like the work that those people are making too, and, and is, is, kind of gotten similar um I, I i feel like in subject matter of these things of like we're talking about class we're but we're still going to participate in all these things but then we also need to work within the you know the new software updates of our you know uh, let's say quote a post-woke society but in the positives sure, and yeah. negatives that like <laughs> it just feels like we're on a big elliptical and i don't know if that's because that's we're just realizing that and it's always been one or that like there is the levels to the other places are gone or uh to sort of experience that true career like you're saying like i have a 95 but i have real practice and things happen and i just feel really good and i kind of maybe yeah. operate middle class or upper middle class through that at all times. I, I think I think that my my like adoption of that ideology is kind of like my leave society like galaxy brain moment you know <laughs> where like I'm not like I don't I don't need to like put the pressure on myself to do that stuff like why can't I just be like like somewhat financially stable and and still do the thing that I like to do I might not get as much time to do it or like I might not like be able to do it in the um circumstances that i would like but it's um like overall i feel like this is a good a good trade-off totally and and you know i i personally don't feel like i'm qualified to truly talk about like what it actually means to you know what what the financial implications of the contemporary moment you know like you know i think i wrote down of like um you know we're looking for like clout wealth and equity yet we're in the time mm -hmm. of like millennials will never own property so yeah, it's like yeah. well yeah and i i hate i hate saying this phrase because it, it annoys me when i hear other people say it but like the the sort of like late stage capitalism kind yeah. of um perpetual late stage i, I, I guess yeah. i guess just being <laughs> yeah, right. like becoming becoming like aware of the potential downfall of like you know america as we know it is like a very i don't know i, I think i think maybe like the pandemic or like the kind of like trade issues around the pandemic or maybe like as close as we got to like seeing how fragile yes the like 
economy, like a global economy is, I guess. Um, but I'm sorry, I kind of forgot the question. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying, like, so I want to talk about our, our lived experiences as artists, but then also because like, you know, you're in multiple different, you're in, in multiple entities within the art world or in your own art practice. And I think, you know, and then you just as like a fan of things, like, you know, seeing what these trends are, we're listening to the mm -hmm. podcast, like we're all participating in this giant ecosystem because I think we're, you know, kind of desperate for this communication and connection that we can get within these spaces because of the fact that we cannot build equity in the ways that we did before. So I find oh, that, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the reason why the, the palpable experience of like, holy fuck, a, 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 a haunted mound show, like I get to de-virtualize with all the people yeah. and the other yeah. people that are interested in clouds because this is the only sort of quote unquote equity that I have and I can show out I to the point where I'm going to right, you know, right. almost look like I'm LARPing at the show. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know it's like like no no one in town cares that I, I wear true religions every day. Right. Like, no one cares that I dress like cemetery, but like like I'm actually trying to dress like Chief Keith dress in 2012 and I don't Literally. know it. But like but I go to the show and everyone knows that that's exactly what I'm trying to signal. I think um yeah I think I think maybe like that whole that's like a aesthetic study on like the the signal versus the signified yeah in in like the current moment sure well and and i i think you know people like and again this is getting back to like the artists who are coming out of school and showing all of their you know all of the works that they have in their in their studio and mm -hmm. it's on instagram and it's not necessarily like we're putting the title and we're putting all the stuff and we're saying when it was made yeah. and how and all this stuff for it to just sit there it's like, yeah. Put why is the price not there? Is that is that uncouth? Yeah, I think I think yeah. There's like some there's some weird. Um, I I kind of fuck with it when people do put the prices. Like yes. there's this artist <laughs> named uh, Justin Guthrie, and he's like constantly like posting all of his work with the prices, and he's like, if you want a price list, like hit me. Like he's like hard posting, and it's like his work is so sick, and it's not even priced like that outright. Like it's like super affordable. Like I should. I'm probably gonna buy a piece of his actually. Hell yeah. Um, because I love his work so much. But yeah, like I, I like really fuck with that. I love it when people do that. But um there is like some um like like even on most like galleries websites, you had kind of have to like email them to get a price list for a show. Like they don't really put the prices on there. I think maybe that's just like a convention of like like someone decided that was like the the like polite thing to do. And sure. And um but it just like like took hold from there on um and has just i guess been maybe unchallenged well sure but it's just so funny to me that like okay i would get a gallery not doing that because it's like that is a business and a business sort of has like a like almost like a seductive aspect where it's like come to sure, the gallery yeah, yeah, and then like i'll get you a price by scarcity right but then it's like like why would we put our artwork independently up we put the name, the price, everything, or, or excuse me, we're putting the name, the, 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 the medium, the, all the materials we use, but we're not putting a price. And it's just like, what is it doing then just sitting there? Because let's be honest, it's public knowledge that exists. The only difference is, is that if a gallery says, Hey, I like that work, then mm -hmm. everyone's already seen it, but now you could see it yeah. IRL, which like, I, I think there, there is like a, um, like beneath the curtain kind of thing going on there because like there is this whole business of like art advisors and like 
yeah buy like you know like a lot of people buying work to kind of like flip it later or to like accrue value or like x y and z so i think maybe like it'll it'll kind of like like destroy the house of cards <laughs> like if that's if that's just always public knowledge i guess right. um i guess for better or worse but sure and, and again I, mean, I, I think I, I think maybe like like thinking like financially that that i think that that could be a tactic Sure. And I don't, I don't mean to get so hung up on this one point, but I guess what I'm saying is just like, if you are not attached to a gallery and you are making artwork and you want to be a practicing artist where your studio practice funds your lifestyle, why would there not be a price there next to it? And if there isn't one, like, which I understand is like, well, don't put a mark in the sand to be like, oh, this was worth this. When someone was like, oh, damn, they really could have got this for it. Yeah. But now yeah. that they've said this publicly, you've now decided that's what it's worth. But it's like, but no one's fucking with me, you know? Right, right, like, So right. it's just like, we're, are we really just, do, like, I guess what I'm saying I'm is- scared of my own ambition. Really? Like, like, are we literally just doomed to just signify into the void? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I've been having a lot of conversations like this, like, like with the, um, the, the ramifications of, of virtue signaling at the rate that we're doing it. Yes. Like, I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of the times people don't know how to interpret images or like statements anymore. No. Um, like it's kind of like when, when like Brad Tromel had made that like fake Biden, like, like, like it was like his brain, no, his heart or something right. like that. And like, no one, no one could tell what angle, like if it was like dunking on him or like, like <laughs> advertise, like, you know, like supporting his campaign. Right. And so everyone across the like politosphere is like sharing it. And, uh, and I kind of think about that a lot when it comes to like, like art or images or text where like people don't know how to like interpret things anymore. They're just like, well, is it, is this advocacy or is it dunking? Like, like which right. one is it? You know? No, totally. And, and, and I feel like that's where the conversation kind of ends. Um, well, and it can be both. I'm totally down with it being both. It can both. be both. You know, yeah, it's the yeah. secret third thing, which often is just both. This, but yeah. what I what I think I I'm I'm I struggle with is like you know okay like if you're a good progressive artist like you want healthcare for all you voted for Bernie you were at his rally just before COVID hit in Chicago like you want all these things but it's like truly like I think if you want to have any sort of joyful experiential any any sort of like real career in the arts you really do have to just be like like a union organizer because that is the the reason why we have to signify in certain ways and be quiet about things like you know brad trammell can just shout everything he wants to the void because you know maybe a bad faith take is like oh he's you know hawking his wares on the internet and please god sign up for my patreon but yet mm -hmm. at the same and people like you know i know plenty of people that like posture and are like mm, brad's not cool or uncouth yeah. or whatever and it's like oh yeah there's plenty of those right yeah. but then like yeah at the same time we'll like cite something that he's done which i don't mind doing in yeah. public it's just like you know quietly at rainbow club we'll be like yo but low-key brad, brad did you listen spitting. to that new yeah. report yeah <laughs> i don't want anyone to know but i listened to this podcast do you know about yeah. that one which and, is so tragic that that happens which but... is like we have nothing to lose like it's this specter yeah, like, like the... what, what am i signifying from saying that like i i trusted a take of brad tromel's I, yes. I think maybe like like he's also kind of comfortable just like saying whatever he wants because like to some extent he kind of like 
left left society you no, know literally, like, yes. like and i think i think that's like i mean him and like josh citarello were like some of the first like like fuck that i'm doing patreon you know like and and maybe in some ways like i guess i'm just realizing that now but maybe that's kind of like mirroring my like just be like financially stable and like do what you want to kind of yes. thing what, what, like you know to whatever extent but but uh maybe that that mirrors that point a little bit more than i thought well, because, you know, I were something I've, I've felt sort of angst, you know, with like looking at like a Joshua Cinderella or a, or a Brad is that like they have totally cemented themselves b- by working within the realm of the capital A art world and have gotten everything mm-hmm. they need out of it enough to then build a basis for which that their Patreon and their things that they yeah. do after that. Uh, they got, you know, they basically like got theirs and then left before when they got enough to build an empire on top of that, which like, you know, first and foremost, what the fuck else are you supposed to do? So I don't knock them for that at all. And the things that they are saying or doing are incredibly challenging. None of that shit is being said in institutions and academies, which is, you know, terrible at best. And like, I, I, I value and frankly pay for a lot of that stuff with my own money to access it, you know, their media. Um, but at the same time, I do find myself being like, well, what is if you can't be, you know, a let's say once in a decade artist like the, either two of mm-hmm. them, like what is the other option? I just feel like what we've been saying this whole time is just like you got to just have a nine to five and you got to yeah, just like <laughs> it's yeah, just like I don't know, like support yourself or like, right. yeah, d- do whatever so that you can like it's I, I think it also falls into that like mystique of like the the like or what I was talking about earlier, like the artists like deluding themselves into being in like precarious situations like are you really gonna make the work you want to if like you don't have the money for materials or like yes <laughs> you can't you can't like hold down a job because like you need to meet this deadline or, or you know like like how uh how how feral are you gonna become to to make this this dream work and and like for what you know like like I don't know <laughs> Well, and, and like like you're saying, like, okay, you have your nine to five, like I'm a photographer, like I, you know, lowercase p. Um, like I want to do a print run. Prints are a little expensive, but I want to yeah, do it right. Definitely. I want to go to Loop here in Chicago or something, do it. And yeah. then obviously I can sell those. You know, I got them, let's say, you know, at $15, $20 a print, and then I sell them for 60. And I made 40 bucks. And let's say I did that eight times, like that's that's a sick amount of money. You know, even yeah. for any like basic practicing artist, and then you just kind of slowly keep amassing that. But then, but first and foremost, putting like a financial prospect in front of that, because and that's just what I'm getting frustrated by is just like we're we don't have any chance in our traditional forms to build equity. But then, if you look like you're trying to hawk your wares on mm. the internet, so you know the the super highway information super highway, then you look like a tryhard or something yeah yeah you know i say on my own podcast just for the record <laughs> yeah i no, don't have a patreon I, I think there's definitely yeah, like but... some truth to that you know right. and like the like what what are my peers gonna think is whack you know like exactly like i think that's the thing too is that like i get in like disagreements all the time with like like my friends or like my peers that like went to art school because like we're all like for whatever reason like sort of like brainwashed into liking the like silliest most like obscure indirect like uh not commercially viable thing that we miss out on like so much yeah um and I think that maybe that's just like a symptom of going to school like you know like 
we're gonna learn about like i don't know like <laughs> but i don't know something we've talked about it's like why am i more inclined to do like um like go to the opening then like go see the new marvel movie or something right, like right. that you know like <laughs> like why is that so uncool and like like i and like i you know i have plenty of reasons why that's uncool but like i probably wouldn't have thought like that had i been like you know not steeped in this like contemporary art education right well and it's it's funny too because like you're talking about like the art opening like the contemporary art opening these days i i feel though it's like they're like an art opening is always like a mini gala right like you're going there For to sure, essentially yeah. like socially meet new people and meet usually probably even in new york city i have friends that are artists practicing arts mm -hmm. in new york city they say the art world is just as small as any other city too that like ultimately the art world is very small no matter where it is because you want to be in your pocket of it anyway for sure so yeah within that it's like going down to the local watering hole or whatever so it's either it's it's both a gala and a small town bar you know sure. it, yeah, it, it, yeah. and yet and again there's your like class dysmorphia class dysphoria of like wait like, but then it's like, okay, so I'm meeting all these people that either have their own galleries or this is a mm. small independent gallery that is like doing something real with all the like cool, quote unquote, cool artists in town. I'm going to go there and now we're there. Okay. Is any, are we all trying to like make money? Are we all trying to just like say we were there and take a picture of the work and say like, oh, I went to blank gallery today on the opening to make sure you know that. Mm. And then those people are going to try to get you to come later or put you on their email list. And that's cool. For it's like, sure, cause I'm, yeah. I'm going to buy the work. I don't have any money. What are you talking about? Cause I'm not supposed to work a nine to five. Remember? So then I'm right. a practicing artist who's going to the gallery to see the other artists. So at that point, is it like, is it just like a DIY music scene where we're all just sharing the same $5, but this artwork isn't $5. It's hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Oh, and then by the way, you're not supposed to act a certain way or put prices up. And then <laughs> sure, also yeah. there's like certain things you're not supposed to say or do despite that being like, so sam how do we exit the hellscape how do we get out of this <laughs> um i think you just got to be cringe is what the yeah. like it's kind of the moral of this story is like you, i don't know i feel like i have some like um sometimes i'll meet someone that like i have like followed on instagram or something and like i expect them to be a totally different way or, so, or like maybe they have like a really like like sort of like cool elusive kind of vibe online or something and then like i'll meet them in person and they're like actually like super nice so like you super know like, normal probably they're like yeah. really like like gender like you know cause sometimes you'll meet someone they're like they're busy it's like they're hosting like an event or whatever and yeah. like they can't talk to you or whatever and i'm like um that's like totally understandable but sometimes like you'll meet someone and it's like oh well like i didn't i didn't expect you to just like want to talk to me for 20 minutes and like we didn't even talk about the art we just talked about like the like the way that the ventra pass is like cheaper now than it was <laughs> you know like yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah no totally and i just want to be very clear like there is clearly value in commuting with your community and, and going to like we should fuck yes go to the openings like there's incredible works yeah, that are being yeah, made and no like, no no i, the, I the, totally agree you know i'm 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 being a dick but i also think like you know i do find myself having to battle those things within itself I, you know, I, I've appreciated, I've, I've had you now for an hour plus with your critics hat on and you are an artist, you <laughs> my know, Milady, <laughs> Yes. And what, and I'm literally talking to you in your, in your studio at this moment, it seems that like, what I think is so amazing about all of this. And I think this is all building up to is that like, I see all of this conversation in your work, your work to me is able to 
address a lot of the things or at least like recognize them either through like a piece's title or the materiality of it or the way it's hung or maybe like a found object within it. And frankly, I think that it is like of the time, I think a lot of people are kind of doing signifiers and stuff. Mm -hmm. You are doing it just so amazingly and oh, like thanks. capturing <laughs> a moment you know, uh, this almost seems like a pun. Like I'm saying like you're capturing a moment to me in Amber, which is funny because you use, you know, <laughs> like, like like hard stuff, hard, like, hard yeah, things yeah, that can, are like see-through that you stuff, can hold yeah. objects inside of. So I want to finish this, you know, the last chunk of this out is to talk about your practice, because I really think that the way like all of this stuff does to me as an outside viewer seem to be in conversation with itself from the psychosis of the internet to class stratification to everything we're supposed to do in the art world. Mm -hmm. And you are kind of amassing this into your practice. Do you feel like that's accurate at all? And I'm curious if, if I mean, you, those yeah. are all things I'm trying to do. So like, that's, that's good. Okay, good. Those are all things like I, I think about a lot when I'm, when I'm making the work. So that's good that that's like legible. Totally. Well, and I'll, I'll start with this. Like, I feel like the titles are, like probably you know okay well we see the art clearly but then the, the you turn your head to the right and you mm -hmm. see the title and i feel like that almost becomes a piece within the piece itself of yeah. like and mm -hmm. if i you know i unfortunately didn't do enough of my homework to have these ready but is there a few titles that you've enjoyed the most that you've had of, of works of recent oh yeah totally i mean like <laughs> like bbl ipad kid is like a classic um, bars for real bars like a second one of that um what else? I mean, that's definitely the first one that comes to mind. Or like, you know, it's funny because like the way I title these is like I have like a like a log. Of course. Of of like <laughs> things that like it's it's kind of like what you're talking about, the uh what what were you referring like the something about? Yes, exactly. Precisely. Um, yes, like sometimes about. I kind of like hear something, I'd be like, that's kind of funny if I like change that word or like um well, because it it, it feels know. like like God tier like current society de-virtualized mad libs but in like the best oh, way yeah you know like there's so much it's like a piece in itself it's like a the title is like a a, a word you know like like structure of sort like it could be a, a written piece in itself yeah yeah definitely i think <laughs> sorry i yeah, should vamp more while you're looking for the list but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know like how much um you know, I'm actually I'm reading that Ian F. Spinonius book right now that's called like Against the Written Word. Um, you should you should check that out actually. I think you might like it, but definitely. Um which you got from Contain, right? When you talked to Ian on well, the show. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, I read a book of his like in like 2008 called Censorship Now, and I really right. liked it. And then I heard him talk about I was like, this is fantastic. I should definitely check this out. Yeah, for um, sure. Ian's oh, a legend. But before I forget, yeah. um team building exercise. That's that's one I really like. Um, like Self-directed collective learning. Um, in in the haunted forest, eating Count Chocula. Um, the streets made me despicable, but my money grew. Like G R U. You know? I think that's the one I wanted you to say the most. That's I like think probably that's... one of my most like like damning like uh, or like uh, flow state in the broad dimension. Yes, that one's good. I think that, I think that was like a blade tweet. If Hell I, yeah, Debob or Dominion today. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, folk today. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering how how soon does the uh, 
uh, little kid Fortnite hacker voice start entering. So it's like, oh, they've been calling that something. It's like they call it like Fortnite accent or something. Yes, okay. It's like bro <laughs> has Fortnite accent, and like you know exactly what it sounds like, but it's sort of like like not replicable in a way. Um, I mean, it is. I don't know if I should because I can't decide if it's like, okay, a little kid, you know, little kids tend to maybe at times have speech impediments and that's okay. And to make the voice is like, maybe not cool. But then but it, it's, it's in like good a mixture faith. of the way it's recorded too. And like, right. like it's, it's totally like a product of like, like whatever headset they're talking. Precisely. Into. There's an audio quality aspect to it for sure yeah. as well. Um, so, okay. So then to the materiality of your work, um, your like like what do you, what is like your kind of I I've, I've asked you because like a it seems very prolific and then beyond that like I asked you kind of what your practice was and I, and you'd kind of said like you just kind of make while you're doing like things just happen yeah in, yeah like, I I, I think that like this is actually like perfect timing for this question because I like two two words recently entered the chat um, <laughs> about my practice. Uh, which I, I like to describe it now as like non-proclamatory Ooh. and non-denominational. Okay, um, let's go. And like, I, I think that's like, just like a very like, like brief way to describe um, that I, I'm not trying to subscribe to some sort of like framework about the material I'm using. Like I'm, I'm trying to use everything in good faith, but I'm not trying to presented in a way as like a persuasive essay for my own values or my own uh sensibilities or or goals necessarily um and I'm kind of just thinking about it more as like a product of the things that I think are interesting or significant um and I think like another kind of like pillar of the like my my work is that like i i don't really like making fully like proprietary images or objects like they're all kind of like responses to things that already exist like i don't i don't really feel like the agency to make like a painting necessarily like it like all right maybe i have in the past or something but i i think that like my um my efforts are better used to kind of like reimagine things that already exist and are significant to me in in like a way where I'm kind of like translating them absolutely uh it, really quick just I I haven't stated but what, what would you say are like the average materials you use in, in a work um definitely like like printmaking processes like a lot of like like silk screens or like etchings and then like um I I think that the other thing I realize is that like they're all like uh I guess like casting, like printmaking and like photographic oriented things are all like like a finished product that is based off of like a predecessor. Like like the photo has the negative or the scan and then like right. the cast has the mold and then like the the print has the the plate or the block or the stone or what you know, whatever came before it. Right. Which I mean, and and I I I apologize. You just went on this amazing rant, uh, amazing side quest of like what you're referencing, and I just you know subsided you to the material. But it's I think it's actually amazing that you kind of said the same thing twice, but referring to both <laughs> things because like if you think about like a silk screen <laughs> is a reference, it is a place yes. to start, but then you're reinterpreting, you're reimagining that through the material right. itself. So the material is physically doing that, 
And then the things that you're referencing within the art are being shifted through your own, uh, through your own mind and through the way mm-hmm. that you're composing the piece, it seems. Yes. So the, the, the work in itself is also the thing that you're doing with it. I which guess, yeah. I think yeah. it's just brilliant. I think it's wonderful. Um, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think you and I have bonded so much of like, you know, the things that we enjoy and that we reference, but I, I'm curious, like right in this moment at the time of recording, like what are some subject matters that you're curious to start playing with or have been playing with recently that are these references that you're saying that you're sort of transforming within your work? Um, I think like tattoos have always been or like have been, I guess, for like the past while. But um, yeah, I'm super into tattoos. And yeah, as far as subject matter goes, I feel like tattoos are they're definitely in. <laughs> is there a specific and kind of tattoo? Movies too. Okay. Um, there is, I mean, I've been like super into these like like Russian tattoos from like the like I want to say like 20s to 50s Mm. um that are like archived in like some books that I bought um and they're like taken of criminals and they're all like coded in these ways like they're they're almost like hieroglyphics and each each like symbol means like a very specific thing to the other like residents of the like jail that they're in um I think I got super into those because like I I really liked a lot of like West Coast tattoos and like it was like very common for me to like like being in Southern California seeing like a guy with like a shirt off and like his stomach was tattooed like Oceanside or like yeah. Long Beach or like something like over like like and I was and I just thought that like those tattoos were so cool and like I got my stomach tattooed and before I did like I was looking at a lot of those photos and I was like I kind of want to use these, but like them being in South, like it felt like too close almost. So like having this, like, like um, the amount of time passing and like it being a totally foreign thing to me, like these, like, like Eastern European ones from like almost a hundred years ago, like it just kind of felt like an exciting thing to learn about totally. uh, through like stealing the imagery of <laughs> Well, and I feel, I feel it's interesting too, is like, you, you know, you're saying you're like etching, you're like, so you're sort yeah. of essentially like using similar practice of like, I don't know if you're necessarily etching those symbols or using them as, as reimagined, but I mean, that is very, like, again, like you're kind of practicing the thing within itself yeah. while also creating that image at the same time. Yeah. And then like, another thing too, I've been thinking about too, is like, like my like the voice in the back of my head is always like, don't be the artist that like makes the same painting for 30 years. And uh, the more that I start talking about like the, like, oh, I like this, this kind of thing because it's like, fit, and I'm just like, I need to stop like using this now. <laughs> or like, you know, like I need to, I need to find the next uh, exciting thing or um, this needs to grow in, in some kind of way. That, like that's you wanna, always something that I'm worried about. But you want to leave the party when it's fun. Like you want to leave before yes, it sucks. Yes, like you want yeah, to leave at the yeah. height of the party yeah, because <laughs> because I'm afraid that it's gonna it's gonna get bad and and it's gonna be like really depressing later. And it will. <laughs> yeah. Like it just it will. will yeah. Like that's what I think people always forget is like they're always trying to make this w- wager of like, oh, it's it might get bad. It's like no, it's going to get bad. It's going yeah. to suck. Just you leave. just need like an <laughs> exit strategy. Yeah. Right. 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 Just as yeah. important. If it's not fun now, it won't be later. <laughs> yeah, right. 
you don't um, like it in the store, you're not going to like it at home. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and then to to say the second thing you said was was movies. Like, I'm, I mean, that's such an expansive thing to oh, to yeah. sort of reference. I'm curious, like, what part of like the entire film universe is is being kind of put into the work at this moment? I mean, I'm I made this piece actually recently that um I haven't I haven't shown it anywhere, but uh. I, I really like it because it's kind of based a little bit on uh, Robert De Niro's character in Cape Fear. Mm. Um, I'm like super into Robert De Niro right now. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm like kind of trying to watch all of his movies. Let me know when he's you get just, to Heat because we'll we'll have to do a separate pod on just talking about the movie Heat. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. That'll be next then. But, but uh, Cape Fear is sick because he plays like this like bad guy who who like just got out of jail and he's like trying to like 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 make the the lawyer that misrepresented him suffer Hell yeah. and it's 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 like one of those um what the fuck's his name um it's like it's like the same the same like duo as ca- uh, taxi driver mm. you know it's scorsese yeah. and and de niro and but now it's like this like campy movie about like revenge um and uh yeah that's that's like my um my my biggest example and then and then someone also who's like always in the back of my head too that i keep like returning to is Roz williams Ooh. like uh he was a, the singer from this band called christian death that was like like a i think i think the term they they used retroactively is what it's it's something rock it's it's not like goth rock but it's they call it it's it's gonna bug me i gotta look it up actually. yeah no, take your time um the genre is called death rock death rock let's go he was he was as a death rock band but he was like this very sort of like provocative like um like sort of like problematic like like face of this genre um and he's like been someone who's like like the the mystique has been um something that's felt like super relevant to my practice since like I was in undergrad and he's like probably only like one of the few people that like I feel like I'm still like trying to tap into and like learn more about I don't curious what what do you feel like that is what draws you to like his particular sort of you know precociousness or whatever it may be about his character or his his output well I think that it's like maybe in some ways like diagnosing a larger thing about los angeles um and there's just this like there's something about los angeles that is like so evil that is hidden in its mystique like i think like the hills and like the um just like all of the like mistreatment from like the entertainment industry and like the cult and like serial killer history like all being like wound up in that same geographical location is so interesting but it's it's not as um um it's not as in your face as as the like negative aspects of other cities histories where i feel like chicago is like very much the opposite where it's like you know like they're very upfront about like Al Capone and like the the sort of like mob history and like the all of the debauchery that that went on in the city um but for some reason I think maybe like Los Angeles has just had so much of it it's at different eras and like 
California's like cultural output is so decade specific that like it's sort of like jumbled into this meandering kind of lore that I find super interesting. And I think maybe he just in some way kind of like embodies that. Totally. And and so through like he's he's embracing the Al Capone of him or of like his work sort of like he's, yeah, he doesn't shy yeah. away from it. He sort of celebrates the like the Al Capone story is really fucking dark. Like it's really yeah. scary. And we're just like, oh yeah, this is where they had like this crazy and, shooting and, happened. And uh-huh. like you can buy the like the t-shirt with this yeah. photo on it at like the tourist like yeah. booth, you know? Like right. Yeah, I, I think that um yeah, I, I, that's that's just exciting to me, I guess. <laughs> okay, that there's sort of an embracing of a darker past and it, it being okay. And yeah, it, it, there's, yeah. Because yeah. I think we need to... <laughs> it's just fucking cool, Jake, okay? What do you want me to say? It's called Death Rock. I mean, what is there so, to explain? Sometimes it is, like, there's... I was talking to someone about this the other day, but, like, there's, like, that whole, like, photographic theory kind of thing with, like, the studium and punctum and, like, punctum is, like, the the like gut reaction kind of like thing that you have when you see an image. Yes. And then like the studium is kind of like all the like associations it has or like, you know, like so kind well, of the more like conceptual like aspects of the image. I, I genuinely think that your work is perfectly in the between those two. Because like, you know, when I was at your weatherproof duo show, like I see your works and I think your works force a punk punk punkium is that what you said punkdom punkdom okay of like a raw guttural like feeling just like that's sick what is that what is happening (laughs) what is this object i don't understand why is this like weird old like smartphone encased in resin with like etchings on it and it's also on a hinge let's fucking go like that's sick as hell (laughs) and i might be like combining like six pieces at once there but like that sounds like a few things though yeah and i i mean no i, I know, know the one you're talking about right but that's like that's your language you know the language of yeah. your work to me speaks that way and i can see that and it's raw but then like you know i learn more about it and i i can you know you know do my th- notice her face and sure, like sure actually there's a lot there too so and i just i think that a lot of folks are kind of sticking to to not to just stopping at the reference like i think like you know um, we clearly see the things that you're that they're interested in but they just kind of put it on there. Like they just put the Nike symbol in the painting yeah. or, you know, you know, like there's a sticker of a cartoon character on a, on something plus some other stuff, you know? And mm. I just feel like with all due respect to all of our angels making work, you don't fall for that. Like you take it a step further. And that's what I think <laughs> is, is really so exciting. And I, I'm just, you know, despite this moment of who can make the most clever reference, not only within, you know, the punk just innate like oh you know bart simpson with next to mm-hmm. you know uh you know look at piece or next to a margella jacket or whatever and it's just like cool collage which sure. you know but it's 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 okay well now what okay those are your things do something with it and i just think that you you actually successfully do that so i just want to be a statement of compliment but i also want to say it's like how do you make sure to not just stop there um, I, I think that like the, the sort of like swirling vortex of like imagery that I like is really helpful for that because like, I, I think 
also because like the resin is clear so like the way that i look at it is usually like okay this thing's cool but like how can i complicate this or yes. like how how can i make this more interesting and i think that it has maybe something to do with like a kind of like what i talk about is like a post skateboarder aesthetic sensibility totally. yeah where like so much of like the like art that i was exposed to before like a formal education was like skateboard graphics or like um like drawings of motorcycles or like cars or like things like that and those are so like graphically like cool you know like and it was like I reached this point where I was like okay there's like my my practice is like pretty research heavy like I'm like scouring the internet looking for all of these images and like I I wanted to like complicate them because it's like yeah like you printed out like it's that's cool or whatever but like as it like its own object like I guess I'm I'm thinking about like layering these things you know like like layering them to complicate them in a way which I think is accurate to what we experience and I think that's why it makes so much sense to me is that like just to see something in its pure elements is not enough because that's frankly what we see every day we see sure. uh, you know a meme next to a, a Substack article next to like you know a police brutality footage next to whatever and it's just like this is supposed to be art it's supposed to be art like you're supposed <laughs> to do something else with it you're supposed to make something out of it and i just i i i'm really struggling to figure out some other way to keep talking about it other than just complimenting you but maybe i will just keep complimenting you and get stopped there <laughs> well thanks <Yeah. laughs> yes of course um well wrapping up i did want to do a very quick speed round of kind of yes no questions or you know maybe one sentence and then we will get to like what you have coming up and everything. Um, first and foremost, does the world need another meme blanket? A meme blanket? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Very safe answer. I'm a little ashamed of you. Um, okay. Um, uh, we are post streetwear. We are post Gorbcore. We're post indie sleeves at this moment. Where are we now and where are we going? Fuck. Okay. Uh, definitely like more more like tailoring you know no one's wearing sneakers anymore after all so uh yeah i guess i guess more like more like, like trad stuff you know and uh and everyone's gonna look like a like margella girl for a little bit longer too okay you know with those those like leg warmers and the mini skirt and the um y2k top or something you know Sick. um yeah boys um you know we, we talked about like uh menswear is like stunting like pretty hard right now like a little too hard and i i think that it's going to reach a breaking point because i'm starting to realize that like um like like men with with um men who are really into dressing themselves like is is a red flag yes thank <laughs> you I think, I think we'll we'll like come to realize this pretty soon you know and low-key like just because you're well-dressed doesn't mean it's like anything more than that that's what i i mean seriously we'll right, need another right. pot on this it, too it's usually but... usually when you meet like someone who's like that it's like that's their whole personality you know? right it's like i go thrifting i am on essence all the time i use i have a depop here it is and my tiktok's yeah. about it too yeah 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 right and it's just like okay like now what um uh can or should chicago have its own dime square um can yeah i guess it'll probably be like the logan square monument 
Yeah. <laughs> if it had to be one. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Like a physical square, it's got to be that. Yeah. Um, like, should it? I, I guess, yeah. Like, we don't really have enough, like, annoying articles coming out, so. We have, like, none, actually. Yeah. So, and if, if Lula is going to be, like, our, like, clandestino or something or whatever the fucking places <laughs> all these yeah, people talk yeah. about, I'm down because Lula fucking rules. So, I'm, I think, I think it's, I think it's time. Um, and then last, will Nymphed alumni knock out Red Scare as the top girls podcast in I this hope. year? I hope so, so. Okay, good. They're doing they're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> they really are. These we are massive fans over here. And you recently uh paid for their you're on their Patreon now, not to out. Oh you. yeah. You're you're you know, up on funny. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I recently put a friend onto it because there was like a recent episode that I was like, this is like perfect for your practice. And I'm like, I sent it to them and they're like, dude, this shit broke my brain. Like yes. I'm going to talk to you for a long time when I see you next. <laughs> Hell yeah. And and I guess the one follow-up with yes, so to make sure we got that a clear recording of that, why do you think that we are ready for that? Are we just, are we going from doomer to bloomers now? I hope so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, like I feel like Red Scare is like kind of, kind of washed now. Like, yeah. Like it just feels like it's like competitive racism now. Yeah. <laughs> but but on the other hand, I feel like like Nymphet alumni is is like they're just doing like really like it's all good faith critique there. You know what I mean? Yes. It's all like they're just doing research and and it's like also like super just like fun to listen to. Oh, it's so fun. It's literally like like dessert that's good for you. You know, it's like a it's like a cookie that has vitamins or something, you know, like a power right. cookie or something like yeah. it just and but I think it, that's the ticket is that like it's it's rigorous good faith critique. Yeah. It's it's like it's like education that I can't turn off, you know. Yes. <laughs> well, and gosh darn it, I hope that's even remotely close to what we did today. And frankly, in that in that way, um, we'll send you off here. Um so one quote that you said that I really enjoy and I'm going to adopt for myself is that 2023 is different and (laughs) you've been, I'll say it, I'll toot the horn. So you don't have to, as a good host, you've been popping off proper, even in this, you are, you are doing so well. And I am so excited for everything that you do. And it's now as of, you know, it's March 1st, we're, we're just entered the last part of Q1. (laughs) So what do you have coming up? What do the people need to know about? Um, I, I have a few tentative things, but I guess the, the biggest thing on the radar is I'm in a group show that is at a gallery called Curiouser that's in Kansas city. Um, that opens on March, that opens on 311 actually. Oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, um, at the gallery that I manage, we're opening a show also on 311. It's wow. going to be our 13th anniversary show and it's called must see. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just bake it in. Let's go. Um, are you going to somehow be in two places at once? No, I mean, I was kind of thinking of trying to go out to Kansas City at some point, like before. I think it closes like late April. Um, but I'm I'm definitely going to Minneapolis at some point. I really I would like to go there um, in like May or April. I'm I'm going to be in a in a show there, but I don't I don't have enough information on it yet, so I can't. Okay. I can't give you a date or nothing, but uh, I'll, well, I'll, I'm trying to be out there. <laughs> really? 
Well, our northern homies be looking out in Minneapolis for our boy, but then also Kansas City for real. I'll put the dates and everything in there, and cool. maybe you can make it out to the closing night or something. That would you know, be art- epic. the artist will be present there and get some proper barbecue yeah. while you're there. But um, Sam, thank you so much for being on the show, and most importantly, thank you for shaming me into making sure I restart the show. Like I genuinely like. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> I really, really like. So appreciated you just being like. I want to be on the show. It's happening. Just fucking put me on the show. I'm like, okay, I have to. The homies in your and for the record, you are not the first person to do that. So, <laughs> well, ne- next time you fall off, I'll do it again. Okay, perfect. Okay, all, right. <laughs> all right, wonderful. Thanks for being on, man. Yeah.